Welcome to the favorites, the podcast from the Action Network. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer, the Action Network. I'm going to bring him right in, folks. I got a lot to say, but I'm going to bring him in right now. Joining me on the podcast, Bob Scucci from New Orleans, representing all the Boyd Gaming books in the state of Nevada. Hello, Bob. <laughs> Chad, what's going on? Uh, listen, there's a lot going on. First of all, I want to remind everybody, download the Action Network app. It's where I'm getting all the information I'm using. You get the best scores. You get the best data as it relates to sports betting. You get updated real-time odds from your favorite sports books. It is fantastic. Also... I want to remind everybody, Darren and Simon Hunter aren't going to be on the show this week. Obviously, we're done with the Super Contest, finishing a game and a half out. Very upsetting. But uh, Darren is doing another Fade Ravel promotion with PointsBet. Uh, last week, Darren got very lucky. The promotion was going to be he had to shave the Eagles logo into his head if Carson Wentz threw for more than 270 yards. Clearly, that didn't happen. This week, he is going to bet on Lamar Jackson under one half rushing touchdowns, under 0.5 rushing touchdowns. The uh, punishment we have set up is so dangerous, interesting, and involving a famous person. You are not going to want to miss it. You are going to want to bet against Darren in the sole hope that this actually happens. I can't even reveal it yet. Um... But check out points bet, Darren's bet, under one half rushing touchdowns for Lamar Jackson. It's going to be fantastic. I'm desperately hoping he gets more than half a rushing touchdown, which really means scoring one rushing touchdown. Bob Scucci, what do you think? You think Lamar Jackson will score a rushing touchdown this weekend? I do, yeah. How come? Uh, uh, well, I don't think, I mean, take last week's game out of the, the, the mix with the Titans defense. I mean, the, the, the games they're winning, they're letting up some points. So if they're letting up points against uh, uh, teams that aren't as good as the, the Ravens, uh, uh, I, I think there's going to be a high-scoring affair. And in a high-scoring affair, I think the chances are pretty good that one of the rushing touchdowns is going to come from Jackson. Well, listen, the Titans are the most interesting team to me, and we have spent a lot of time talking about them and I do before we get into the games and we'll talk about um, we'll talk about Minnesota San Francisco and Tennessee Baltimore those are the Saturday games we'll start with those but um, this Titans team look we both were all over the Titans heading into the game we like the Titans at plus five plus five and a half we even like them at plus four and a half the wise guys have been all over the Titans where did you end up on Sunday like how did you end up in terms of where money was on Tennessee and where money was on New England? Oh, we definitely needed the Titans. And, and it's kind of like what I said on, on the shows that we had done is that regardless of how much the wise guys love the Titans, the public was still on the Patriots. Uh, so, you know, we opened high, we opened six on the game based on kind of that public sentiment. And then we got bet down to four and a half from the wise guys early in the week. And then that line got driven up to five, five and a half from the public again and going into the game, we were huge Titans fans. And the fact that they won the game straight up was even bigger for us. 
Now, I will say that in the last few years, when we've done really well on Wild Card Weekend, we've done equally as poor on Divisional Round Weekend. And and part of the reason is is that when we do get a lot of these upsets in the Wild Card Weekend, then the disparity between those teams that have a bye in the Divisional Round are playing an even worse team, so to speak. In other words, the point spreads are bigger and bigger. And the last couple of years, the home teams have been like seven and one uh, and covering those spreads. So it's good that we get the upsets in wild card week. But then what happens the following week is you got these big disparities between the, these, the teams that have the buy and the teams that weren't really supposed to be there. So you have these huge point spreads. That is the most fascinating thing about the weekend before we even get into the games. Again, I'm not trying to not trying to keep people listening for longer. That would be entirely inappropriate of a podcast host. But these numbers all open so big, like especially the Chiefs game and especially the Ravens game. It gave me such a, uh, made me have to really think hard about which way I'm going to go. And I feel like I'm being forced into making a decision just based on how the market is moving because I didn't love the numbers in either direction. And so when you're setting these numbers, you've got a huge... Titans win against the Patriots. You've got the Chiefs are a massive public team. You've got a Texans team that needed overtime to win their game. I imagine like things are just in your head jumbled like a very difficult puzzle. Well, we weren't expecting. So we were we were kind of setting lines on what ifs, you know, prior to last weekend's game. And we weren't expecting these matchups. So we're just trying to decide, okay, let's look at this Kansas City, New England line. And what's that line line's going to be? And initially maybe four and a half. But then as the Patriots weren't looking so good, we're saying, you know what? we got to open Kansas City maybe as high as six against the Patriots. And then all of a sudden we're like, wait a minute, Patriots might not win. Now Kansas City's going to play Houston. The Titans are going to – so we're – so yeah, we're, we're we're trying to get all these um, these, these matchups in, and uh, and they're not. You know, I, I'm looking at possibly the 49ers and the Seahawks, thinking that you know the Saints are going to win, obviously, and then the Saints are going to go to Lambeau, and you know what do we make the Saints? So everything got messed up. <laughs> and, and I'll be and I'll be honest with you, I think looking back on this, uh, opening up the 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 Ravens a 10 point favorite against the Titans was probably. Maybe maybe a little higher than what we should have, uh, but we didn't take that much yet. Uh, so so I'm not too upset, and I know that some of the public money will come back on the Ravens. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that's what happens, you know. You, 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 like you said, you, all these matchups are mixed up and jumbled in your head, and you're trying to get all your point spreads exactly right. How much did the Patriots losing help you in terms of a futures perspective? Help you in terms of balancing the books? This past weekend, what does that do for you? So we actually, you know, the, the Patriots were one of the favorites to win, obviously, uh, at the beginning of the year. Um, it, it, so we actually did really well with the Patriots winning the Super Bowl. So with them out and, and now the Titans possibly in it, uh, we don't do well with some of these long shots. So the Titans or the Texans win it. We don't do real well. Uh, we don't do real well with the 49ers or Ravens because the 49ers really kind of came on out of nowhere at the beginning of the year. Uh, so uh, uh, the teams that we do the best on are probably the Packers, um, uh, probably the Ravens and the Chiefs. I mean, the, the Chiefs probably. The Chiefs and the Packers are probably the two teams we do the best on. You know what I need to happen 
because we've discussed this. I'm in a very high stakes pool. Three other people. We each choose eight teams or four of us choose eight teams. Snake draft before the season starts. Uh, Who's ever team wins the Super Bowl wins the entire pot. I went into the playoffs having the Chiefs, the Niners, the Texans, the Titans, and the Bills. So now we are into wow. the divisional round, and I have uh, four of the eight teams remaining in the divisional round. Can That's you believe that? Strong. That's strong. That's that is great. unreal. That really is. Including the one seed and the two seed, and I would say as a two seed, they are a live two seed, the Kansas City Chiefs. I love this team right now. They are playing so well. Yeah. If they lose this weekend to the Texans, I am going to be crushed because I am such a huge Chiefs fan right now. I think that's the one game on the board that kind of most people aren't giving the, the, the Texans much of a chance in this one. Nine and a half is kind of uh, what the line is right now. And all the all the money and all the tickets are on the Chiefs. Um, so... You talked a little bit about the big point spreads. I think the difference in the Titans-Ravens line is that a lot of people feel like the Titans are a live dog in that one. Whereas in the Chiefs-Texans, I think a lot of people feel like the Texans were very inconsistent, uh, winning some big games, but then losing games they should have won easily. Uh, and then, uh, you know, a tough, tough game against the Bills that could have won either way. That was a coin flip. So there's nothing particularly dominating uh, that you look at that game and say, okay, you know, they really uh, are a lot better than we thought. Um, you, you don't get that. So I, I think everyone feels like the Chiefs is really the play here. All right, so let's get let's get to it. Let's talk about the most controversial team, the most controversial ending, the Minnesota Vikings. And um, there are seven-point underdogs right now against said San Francisco 49ers. How'd you set that number? How did the weekend's results impact your thinking on what this number would have been? Uh, a, a little bit in terms of uh, kind of the, the, the Vikings uh, playing uh, a lot better than um, than we anticipated. You know, looking back on the game, uh, so I, I guess you can say that the Saints lost that game as much as the uh, Vikings won that game. Uh, you know, we're looking at the Saints the last three years and how going into it, they seem like one of the best teams. And then somehow they just find ways to lose games, uh, flukes, you know, the last two years, this one wasn't as much of a fluke, but just a lot of poor decision-making, I think on the Saints side, you know, a missed field goal and, and some, some bad, the, the fumble by Drew Brees as they're getting ready to go in for uh, a touchdown. So I don't think it was a case where we just suddenly thought that the Vikings were so much better than we thought they were going into the game. So, um, but, I, we were looking, like I said, at San Francisco playing Seattle, and we we're kind of thinking of what that line should be, like somewhere in the neighborhood neighborhood of four and a half to five and a half. Uh, Minnesota, um, feel we feel like they're not as good as that Seattle matchup, so made it a little bit higher and started with the touchdown. Figure let's start with a key number of seven and let the money take us off of that key number rather than starting at six and a half and letting us, you know, drive on to the key number. That's what makes these games so interesting, right? Like, when we went into the weekend, you and I both love Minnesota. Uh, I believe you had Minnesota in Scooch Roulette. I had the Texans. Um, 
we both thought Philly was a live dog, which they made a bin if if Carson Wentz uh, survives the game. We both love Tennessee. And it's betting is all about understanding the window. There's nothing about Minnesota going into this game that I feel as good about Minnesota as a equally high underdog as I did in the last game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it's a lot of points for, you know, a, a divisional round game. And uh, even though that Minnesota only has, you know, you think about it, they only have five days rest. They were, the, I think, the only team playing Sunday that's now playing on Saturday. So they just uh, one extra less days rest than the other three teams. Uh, so uh, you got, you're going up against a fresh 49er team. Uh, the, it, I like where the line is. If you had to sway me, if I had was forced to play the game, I'd probably just take the points because that's what you do and take that many points in a divisional round game. But I wouldn't feel great about it. What about the total? So the total in this one, the sharp guys have already bet the under on this one. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think they're looking for these defenses to kind of step up. Minnesota's already did. Uh, but uh, we opened the game at uh, 45 and a half. Um, actually, we opened this one at 46, and we're down to 45 now. All sharp money. Um, the public money really hasn't come in on the total yet, but this is just all sharp money on the under. Uh, both games, the Titans-Ravens game, they also bet the under of that one. Uh, we opened 48 and a half, and we're down to 47 on this one. Um, and we could easily go to 46 and a half, but I'm just worried that all the over money is going to usually comes in closer to game time when you get most of the, the public waiting to the last minute to bet. And they usually bet the overs. Which way do you favor right now? <clears throat> I'd like the unders in both of them, actually. Uh, if we're looking at value, and again, these because they're, they're such highly concentrated games, we, we try to think of where the betting public is going to be playing. And usually they bet the overs. So we're very high on the totals going into these games. And we know that. And so we try not to let the wise guys move us off too much from that high total because we know it's going to creep back up uh, by game time. So the value initially is going to be on the under. Because I'm also in a pool this weekend where like you pay a little bit and you do confidence ratings against every game. Scooch, all of a sudden I'm like a degenerate gambler. You are just, you're in pools, you're in contests, you're head-to-head matchups. You got a lot going on, man. What happened to me? I used to be like, <laughs> I'm interested in it for the psychology and the math and the language. I think it's a really visceral language. And now I am like, Stace, we need the Chiefs and Niners. We are paying for spring break. If we get the Chiefs and the Niners, just let's roll. And even even last night, she's like, wait, wait, who do we need again? What do we need? And what are you paying if you lose? Now, all of a sudden, she's asking me questions. It's like different that conversation. That is too funny. Yeah. <laughs> that is funny. Baby so like, needs to pay for house, flights to Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What happened to me, uh, Scooch? I believe I don't you. know. Well, yeah, you hang around all of us out here in Vegas that are, you know, that's just a way of life for us, you know. When I'm watching a game, anyone that comes in the room, they're like, the first question is, who do you need? Yeah. It's not, and, and they're shocked when I'm like, no, just watching the game. They're going, they go, what? I'll tell you, I am a little worried about my kids. Like, now, every single time I sit down to watch a football game, my younger son, who'd you bet on? I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> 
But then I got to explain it to him. Yeah. And now I'm yeah. worried. Like last night, he and I were watching the Mavericks Bulls game together. You know, he's a huge Bulls fan, you know, and uh, loves the NBA. He's like, we got money on this game? <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm like, no, that man. like me as a kid with my dad. That's, that's what we did. No, man. I'm just enjoying the game with you. Let's cuddle. Let's just cuddle, man. Um, <laughs> all right. Tennessee is at Baltimore. Baltimore, you opened this game big, really big. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the total first, because I think what you just mentioned about wanting to open these a little high and not get off that number too quickly. This is the second highest total of the weekend. It's 48 and a half. Uh, 49 yeah. is the Kansas City game. 49 is a, 40 and a half is a lot for two teams that are known for rushing the ball. So how do you end up at this number? Yeah. Um, well, like I said, Tennessee's defense just isn't known as being as stout as, I mean, they're winning a lot of these games and they're covering a lot of spreads. Uh, but we're kind of looking at the points given up, the yardages given up. Uh, they do both like to run the, run the ball, and that's kind of why I you, I favor the under. When you ask me if, if I had to bet which way I, I'd go, uh, I mean Derrick Henry's just been a monster. He's been a beast, averaging you know five six yards a carry. And if there is kind of a, a chink in the armor in the Baltimore defense, I know they're ranked like third or fourth against the rush, but they do let up uh, quite a few yards, four and a half five yards a carry. So. Um, and again, we know that uh, the public is going to want to bet the over in this one too. So uh, uh, I, I, I think it's a good number, but it's uh, the, the wise guys can see value on the under, and I'm okay with that. So we'll see what happens. Doesn't this have the feeling of Derrick Henry just getting shut down? Well, they've got to. They know that that he's the key. So I mean, they've got to focus on him. And yeah, Harbaugh, you know, he's. He's great at figuring that stuff out, and he's been known to, you know, he's one of the great coaches. So uh, I, I'm a little surprised Belichick didn't have a, a little bit more, uh, you know, this, I guess just a, a sign of the decline of uh, the Patriots. But, uh, but yeah, no, it does have that feel that uh, because everyone's expecting him. Uh, I think I read where he's got a thousand yards in just the last seven games and usually a thousand yard season is, is a monster season for a running back and he's got it in half the amount of games <laughs> that, that most people take the whole season to get he's got 400 ga- 400 yards in the past two games he went for more than yeah. 200 against in the last game against the Texans and he went for more than 200 against the Patriots and that was a weird 200 like he's one of those running backs where he he like scarfs up yards and so all of a sudden it's five yards and he's got 120 yards in the half and you're like how did that happen like right you know <laughs> he just eats them like yeah. four yards at a time that's it very I mean, eric dickerson like very yeah he's got the that huge build you know he's a tall guy and he's big and he's just a train coming at you uh, he's not like that kind of Barry Sanders type of runner where, you know, it's just uh, it, it, making a lot of moves and get, getting those big 80-yard touchdowns. But it's, uh, like you said, it's grinding. Just I mean, it's hard to stop them. All right, so you open this game 10. It's now down to 9. You're making it very hard because I want to bet the Ravens in this game. I think they're going to crush them. But that 9 is so freaking big. You didn't want to yeah. bet, you didn't want to bet, like, against Minnesota at plus 7. 
So how do you take yeah. the Titans? I know the Titans are going to get killed in this game. I got to take the Ravens, and I'm getting like, it's almost like, do I wait? What do I do here? Is the number going to go down? Is the number going to go back up? When do I get it? I, I think it's going to go down because the Titans have covered, if you go back the last eight games, the, uh, starting with the game they played the Kansas City Chiefs, the Titans beat the Chiefs, uh, high-scoring game, I think 35 to 32, something like that. Since then, they've co- they've covered six out of eight games. And I know we've talked about it a lot on the show. The wise guys were absolutely in love with them, starting with that Chiefs game. But now you, you look at a lot of those games. They beat up on the Colts, the Jaguars, uh, once against the Texans team where they were resting players. They beat the Raiders. Um, it, they're, they're, yeah, they beat the Patriots last week. That's what the public is going to see. But I agree with you. I don't mind needing the Ravens in this one. Um, you, you know, you, you still look at a lot of the, the good teams that Tennessee played. And, uh, yeah, they beat the Chiefs. But, uh, you know, they, they, they've lost to a couple. They lost to the Saints uh, in that eight-week stretch. Uh, they lost again to the second time they played the Texans. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're beatable. And, and with Baltimore resting and just that dynamic offense and a good coach, I could easily see uh, kind of a blowout in this one. I'm looking at the totals in all these games, and I might want to go under in all four playoff games. Houston at Kansas City, Kansas City nine and a half points, opened at eight, skyrocketed up. I did not get the best of the number in this game. I feel terrible because I so don't want to bet on Houston. I want to bet on Kansas City in this game. Not as good at home. That's the one yeah, thing. And they don't, yeah, and they don't have a good track record uh, in the playoffs. I mean, even under Andy Reid, uh, as good as he is in the regular season, he's been kind of the opposite when he gets to the playoffs. Now, I know it's a different story with this team and, and, and a guy like Mahomes, uh, but uh, this is this is the one game where both the sharp guys and the public are on the same side, and I know I've said that many many times that they, that's usually bad for the bookmakers. <laughs> when, when you get both of them on the same side, that means we just made a bad line on this one. Um, now we can still win the game; got to get lucky, but we never want to see a line open eight go to nine and a half and have both the public and the sharps on the same side. Well, the total that's, in this. Go ahead. I was going to say the total on this one is one of the only games that has gone up. So both wise guys and the public both like the over on this one. So this one's just a bad game all the way around for us. Well, I'm surprised the wise guys like the over because Chiefs at home are scoring significantly fewer points. And the Chiefs at home in the playoffs, uh, we have a great story from John Ewing, actionnetwork.com. Again, download the Action Network app. Uh, it's free. Um 62% to the under, the Chiefs are, under Andy Reid, at home. Wow. Didn't, didn't know that. It's a good stat to have. Yeah. So, well, we need it under. I hope, I, hope, I hope the trend continues. I think the wise guys here got the best of the number in the side. That's what I was going to say before. So they bet it at eight, and now the public is just continuing to pile on. Wise guys are not betting this game at nine and nine and a half. I just want to be clear. Like, they bet it at eight, and then they walked away. Yeah. I mean, there is a, t- a couple of tens out there, not many, 10 even monies at, at some of the uh, places around Vegas. Uh, most places are at nine, nine and a half, though. So, But um, 
you know, again, we're already seeing like 60 to 65 percent of the bets coming in on, on Kansas City. It may drive it up to 10, and, and then you may see some, some other sets of wise guys just taking 10, knowing that they already laid eight and looking for a middle. This feels like a blowout weekend. Everything last weekend was so close. This feels yeah. like a Niners-Ravens-Chiefs blow them out weekend. The only game that I think will be close is the game between two fraudulent teams that is sort of the marquee matchup, which is the Seahawks and the Packers. Neither team is as good as their record indicates. Um, and you're kind of reflecting that. Lowest spread of the weekend, it's minus four. Um, Open at three and a half. Some money came in on the Packers. Give me your narrative here. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, I wasn't expecting this matchup. I was expecting Green Bay to be kind of a short. I was actually hoping just to see Green Bay being an underdog at home in a playoff game to the Saints because that's what was going to happen had the Saints beat the Vikings. And uh, and then the Seahawks would have been playing, you know, San Francisco for the third time this year, which, you know, no, (laughs) they were two great games. So, I mean, uh, I was expecting another good game there. So uh, this was the unexpected matchup, but I'm happy that this is the last game of the weekend because, like you said, it's the most competitive in terms of where the line is. So hopefully uh, the, the public can't make up their mind on this one. We're getting kind of 50-50 action, which is great for the get-out game on the weekend, that it's not completely lopsided that we're going to need for our lungs. Uh, the Kansas City game is going to be the big game of the weekend for us. So going into this one, like I said, it's 50-50 is the ticket count. Um, really don't have any big money on either side. The Sharp guys haven't tipped their hand as to which way they're going in this one. Um I would suspect maybe Seattle only because of the points and more than a field goal if you think the game's going to be competitive. Uh, but uh, uh, And not much on the total either in this one. So uh, looks like we set a decent line that's not a lot of movement. I guess my feeling on the Seahawks is that they haven't done anything to improve their secondary. They haven't done anything to improve their defense in the middle of the field. Aaron Rodgers could pick them apart. So this could easily be another blowout game. It's entirely possible I end up having to choose the favorites and the under in every game. And I'm going to have to do this confidence pool. I'm not going to know which one to do, but I might just do it. That might be what happens. <laughs> and like I said, I hate this weekend because typically that's usually what happens, especially when you get the upsets in the, in the wild card weekend and you have the quote unquote inferior team, the lesser, the teams that were getting points in the wild card weekend that weren't supposed to win. And now they're playing an even better team the week after. So yeah, that's what, that's what uh, scares me. And then the teaser weekend, you look at, I'm already looking at uh, our, our three team teaser liability with San Francisco, Baltimore and, and Kansas city. I mean, all of them just have to either win, win by a field goal and we get annihilated. Oh my God. That's totally, that is going to be like the, Six-point teaser is going to be San Francisco to minus one, Baltimore to minus three, and uh, Kansas City uh, to minus three and a half. Oh, my God. You guys yeah. are <laughs> we screwed. Just the money from the cage. Let's transfer the money now so we can start paying out. <laughs> oh, my God. You're so screwed because they are going to blow those teams out. I might have to do that myself. Can't wait. <laughs> Scoot, you know what we should do right now? Let's do it, baby. We both won last week. I had the Houston Texans. You had the Minnesota Vikings. So guess what? I'm going to let you go first. 
I, I'm going to double down on the Minnesota Vikings plus the seven. You hate that pick, though. You really do. I, I'm not crazy. I, I, I really do, but I can't. I mean, I'm looking at Kansas City, and I, I couldn't lay nine and a half points, even though I, I think that they win this game pretty handily. You do not, you do not like what you're doing right now. I like what I'm doing no. right now. I am taking the Baltimore Ravens. I think that wow. this is a look. What am I going to do? I don't, I don't trust the Packers. You took the Vikings, so my two options are the Chiefs at nine and a half or the Ravens at nine. And you know what? Screw it. <laughs> I'm all in on the Chiefs. Oh, I am, no. I was, gonna, I was actually going to go to the Chiefs. I was tossed between the Chiefs. And I the am pot committed to the Chiefs. And this Texans team is just, as Charles Barkley would say, durable. They're just terrible. <laughs> so, you, Yeah, you've been on them quite a bit, so you should know. Yeah. Just give me the Kansas City Chiefs. Give me the Kansas City Chiefs. Get them into the AFC title game. Give me the San Francisco 49ers to get the title game. Let me start hedging the freak out of those two teams so I can still pay for my trips. That's what I got to do. There you go. So, yep. I can, so I can tell my wife we're making money even when we're losing money. I can use the old Bob Scucci. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody should listen to us on uh, intercom stations throughout the country. I heard this today. Just today, I just heard this, Scooch. We are being added to more stations. Right now, you can hear You Better You Bet from Entercom with uh, the Action Network countdown to kickoff the second hour. You can hear these uh, 10 to 12 on Saturday and Sunday, the pregames. We're in this partnership with Entercom, Scooch. You and I did Radio.com all season long, Action Network countdown to kickoff. That is now part of a big pregame package on intercom stations. That is on in Chicago on The Score. It is on in Detroit. It's on in Milwaukee. It's on in San Francisco. It's on in San Diego. Um, It's on two more stations that I can't remember right now. Did I say Cleveland? It's on in Cleveland. It's on one more station. We're getting picked up in more stations. If you're in any of those cities within the range of those antennas, listen to You Better You Bet. 10 to 12 Eastern on Saturday and Sunday. It's you, it's me, it's Nick Costos, it's Danny Parkins, it's Joe Ostrowski. All these guys who know a lot about betting, talking about betting in the window before the games. It's so much fun. It is the most fun live radio experience you're going to have if you like football. Would you agree? I, I agree 100%. Check it out. Scooch, I want to thank you for coming on your podcast. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want everyone to download it from Apple Podcasts. Listen to it and download it from Spotify. Go to radio.com, search the favorites, do whatever you got to do to listen to this podcast, my friends. Until next time, we are out. Love you.